Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. It is November 21st, 2022. I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome into the podcast. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Monday. Uh, staying warm as possible here in the PNW. It's getting pretty chilly here during the course of the days. As well as say thank you again to everybody who has been listening and blowing up the numbers on the podcast. I am so incredibly appreciative and humble and thankful for all of your guys' time and all of your dedication and listening. I really do appreciate it. Today's podcast is going to be a lengthy one. I have every single update recap over the weekend. Uh, UW, Wazoo, Kraken, Seahawks. A little bit, a couple touch on there, a couple notes. Not much on there in general for Seahawks. A lot of Mariners updates today. We had a press conference from Jerry. We had a 40-man uh, update, and we had tendered uh, contracts also being offered on Friday night at 5 p.m. Uh, hot stove updates, NFL recap, everything. If you guys enjoy this content, please, if you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a rating at, down below. It takes three seconds out of, out of your day. The reviews, or excuse me, not the reviews, the ratings really help me out a lot. Let me know what you guys feel about the podcast. With that being said, we're going to hop straight into it. Around the world today is going to start out with a couple of injury updates. We're going to start out with the Bears. Uh, Justin Fields will be day-to-day with a shoulder injury. Not much more information on this at the current time, unfortunately. Uh, when it comes out, I will have it for you guys and have it ready. But for the time being, it's going to be a day-to-day injury. There's no information as to what exactly the injury is in the shoulder. I don't know if it's just, I would assume it's probably a sprain or a strain. Um, anything more than that would probably be a quick indicator that they would be going to the backup option for this week's game. Unfortunately, the tight end that has been a fantasy dud for most of his uh, short career, Kyle Pitts, towards ACL, or excuse me, his MCL, will be out for the remainder of the season. The report was they came out and put it he's going to be on IR for a minimum of four games. However, if you're looking at the realistic uh, you know, output or outlook for the Atlanta Falcons, it's not pretty. Uh, this team is really beat up in shambles. They've been playing some some decent football throughout the course of the season, but losing Kyle Pitts is a massive loss on the offense. Maybe this gives more opportunities to Drake London, stuff like that. So I'll be kind of curious what they kind of uh, mold their offense in a different uh, direction, not having Kyle Pitts for the next four games. Exciting to see Chase Young officially activated on the 53-man roster for the Washington Commanders. Uh, that's a huge addition for my buddy Andy. Shout out to Andy, uh, who's a, the one Commanders fan I know. Proud, proud he is. Anyways, um... It's going to be a big addition for the defense. They're playing some pretty good football the last couple of weeks. We're coming off of back-to-back wins. I'll be getting into the uh, the wins and the recap here in a couple of minutes once I get done with a couple other things. Uh, Joe Mixon was out with a concussion that he sustained Sunday. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan came in, had a hell of a day for fantasy owners. If you had Samaj P. Ryan in your flex or something, oh man, you're smart. I give you kudos and golf claps all the way around because golly dang it, was he good. Kyler Murray likely will be out for uh, tonight's Monday Night Football game with a hamstring injury. Colt Colt McCoy will be the one on the bump, uh, as they say, for the Cardinals. Running back, uh, Melvin Gordon was released by Denver today, this morning. Not a big shocker at all. Kind of a kind of a shocker, honestly, or uh, an eye raiser how long it took for this to happen. Uh, it's been reports pretty much since like week three that he was not happy and Denver wasn't getting his opportunities, but he has fumbled five times in the last 10 games he's played. So should lay off the buttered popcorn. Probably should start handing the ball a little bit more. Uh, tensions within Jets locker room surrounding Zach Wilson are getting strained at least. Reports coming out of there. I'll be touching on that uh, in the NFL recap that it was for the weekend. Just want to touch on that real quick. Unfortunately, one of the guys I've been looking at as a uh, possible fit here in Seattle, University of Tennessee quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner uh, contender Hendon Hooker 
will be missing the rest of the season due to a torn ACL he suffered on Saturday's game. Huge loss, obviously, for the University of Tennessee. Huge loss for his draft stock status. I'll be curious as to what, how this affects him. He is a little bit older. I believe he's 24-25, which is significantly two or three years older than most other quarterbacks going into the draft class this year. Um, I imagine he's still going to be uh, filing for the NFL draft if he's smarty well. Uh, which I'm sure he will because he's not a uh, doesn't have a lack of intelligence. He's a pretty smart man. Uh, had a pretty nice comeback this year. Had a really good season for the most part. Just a bummer that it ended prematurely than we all wanted it to. I will be curious though. Like uh, so, we saw t- like uh, Brandon Whedon. He was older coming out of, out of college. There's been a handful of quarterbacks that come out later, but there's not many stories of older QBs that come out and have a large amount of success in the league. So I'll be curious as to what that entails. Uh, around the world today, this is going to be short. This is kind of an injury wrap-up in general. I am not covering the uh, today's soccer game because it just finished wrapped up a couple minutes ago. So I don't have that for you guys today. I will be covering that tomorrow. So I just want to give you guys an update on that as well. I got the hot stove updates for all you guys. A lot of you guys are, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, excuse me. Uh, you guys have been asking a lot. Hot stove, rumors, hot stove, like baseball offseason. Like, can we get some more? And I got more for you guys. Uh, Yankees have officially requested for medical information on Jacob DeGrom. It's going to be interesting and curious to see what happens with that. I don't think the Yankees will get him. I think it's a strong chance, as much as I'm a Seattle diehard Mariners fan, CS Rise, true to, true to, the, true to the blue, as they say, that... Um, I think he goes to Texas. That's my gut right now. Uh, Texas is desperate for pitching. That's why they went out and got Jacob Rizzi. They gave $19 million to Martin Perez when he's clearly not worth $19 million. He's probably a $12 to $15 million pitcher, but they're so desperate for pitching because Jack Leiter, uh, Kumar Rocker, the guy they dropped out of Vanderbilt this last year in the first round. Um, there are a couple guys that are going to be ready in a couple of years. But they're uh, just a little bit behind on the next wave of prospects and pitching-wise to come into the system. So I'm not shocked on that, but I hope Jacob does not go to Texas because honestly, I don't want to have the Mariners deal with them. Granted, he is very injury prone, unfortunately. Uh, I take no pleasure in saying that. I am a huge Jacob fan. I've been like that for, I don't know, as long as he's been pitching because he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Multiple Cy Youngs. The guy's filthy. He's nasty, but he has a really hard time staying uh, healthy, so... Just curious what comes with that. And the Mets uh, have had a Zoom meeting in the last week, or excuse me, the last three days with Cy Young winner Justin Verlander. Verlander's market right now is very busy, very active. Lots of teams are checking in on him. So that was the primary report. Uh, no, it was not John Heyman. Uh, for those who do not know, I would do not report anything from John Heyman because I do not trust his sourcing. That's my own personal opinion and choice. Um Tigers bullpen arms, they have a ton of them. Um, I'm not going to get into the full list. Are drawing a lot of trade interest in, in the market right now. Um, there's been some reports that Mariners have called, the, the, the Yankees have called. Um, lots of teams lots of teams are looking for cheaper-ish bullpen arms are going to be calling the, the Tigers because the Tigers are still a couple years out. Uh, they do have a couple of decent promising players in Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, the list goes on. But uh, Casey Mize and stuff like that. So we'll be curious what happens with just a couple of names, a couple of things to keep an eye on. Red Sox and Yankees officially made contact with free agent pitcher Kodai Singa out of the Japanese Professional League. Um, no inter or no more reports on that. No uh, inside articles or information. Just the fact that they had a conversation, essentially. Uh, interesting. Uh, talking about a Mariners here for a minute. Dodgers, Angels, Rangers, and Giants have all expressed interest in contacted outfielder free agent Mitch Haniger. Uh, not a shocker here. 
Um, Dodgers and the Rangers probably seem more realistic. Uh, the Angels are just trying to fill a void in the outfield right now. I don't know what their plan is. They have Taylor Ward. They have uh, Joe Adele. I don't know. He's kind of a down prospect in general. And obviously, they have Mike Trout. So I'll be curious to see what happens to that. But that's a report that came out earlier this morning. And then Cody Bellinger has made it uh, very, very clear that he wants to sign a short-term deal, does not want to uh, ink with a single team or sign a contract with a team that goes past a single year. He's trying to do essentially what Carlos Correa did last offseason with trying to reset his free agent market. And uh, I get why Bellinger did it. I mean, three years ago, he was the NL MVP. He hit 300-plus. He had over 30 home runs, over 100 RBIs. The dude was a menace. He's got a beautiful swing. He really can play the outfield well. He's got a good arm, one of the best arms in all, in all of baseball in the outfield. He moves well for an athlete. But uh, it's just been a consistent spiraling downwards movement for Bellinger for the last couple of years. And the, uh, the Dodgers just were not going to pay him $19 million for an, an experiment. And I totally get it. Um, I tweeted here recently within the last uh, about hour or so that it would be interesting. I wonder what the net gain would be if the Dodgers were to go get Mitch Hanniger instead of Cody Bellinger uh, money-wise and overall uh, you know, value on the field. Mitch Hanniger has had some health injuries. It's like one year he's really good, and then the next year he's completely hurt. It's just back and forth, and you have really no idea what you're going to get out of Mitch Hanniger for that season. So I get why they're expressing interest in Hanniger over Bellinger. Um, age difference is a couple of years. Bellinger, I believe, is 27, 28. Uh, Hanniger will be 30. So that's a couple of hot stuff updates for you guys today. Um, I'm going to transition right into the Mariners because we got so much to get into today. Uh, first of all, happy birthday to the sweetest swing that ever came across the the uh, you know the face of baseball, the new uh, the new king of Seattle, besides for Julio Rodriguez and Geno Smith, Ken Griffey Jr. Have happy birthday, kid! Turns 53 today. Um, you know, I could I could spend 30 minutes talking about everything that Ken Griffey is to this city. But if anybody's a fan of baseball, if you're a Mariners fan, we all had our hats backwards. We were all swinging like Griffey when we were teenagers and kids. So. Um, just want to give a moment to say happy birthday to you, Ken Griffey Jr., and thank you for everything you've done for this organization on the field, as well as the things you're doing as a member of administration in the organization. Um, there's a couple videos the last couple of days of Julio returning to his hometown in the DR. It's really a wholesome moment for me, as well as for a lot of Mariners fans. But just the love for Julio Rodriguez that's in the city of Seattle and the Emerald City is absolutely special. Julio Rodriguez is an international sensation. And seeing him as a 21-year-old phenom return to his home country, they're throwing a parade. People are, you know, lining up in the streets with their cars cheering for him. He said when he was a kid, uh, Rafael, oh, I'm trying to think of his name, for call, who was a switch-hitting shortstop, I believe, for the Atlanta Braves at one point as well. I think that's where he started his career, if I do remember. This was like when I was a teenager, so bear with me. Um, who was out of the similar town, a uh, very close town to Julio, that this is a really special moment for him, being able to embrace that same feeling he saw Rafael do. So congratulations, Julio. Congratulations on an amazing season, on being an amazing person, an amazing locker room presence, a leader of men, and bringing some joy that this city and this franchise has been looking for, a true spark like the foundational piece for years to to come is what you are and uh it's really well done that everything that's been happening for him in the off season um just really great i just want to touch on that just for just for a minute and just say really i'm really happy for the, the young man to be able to experience this uh journey and part of his life so there's that um 
a lot of people talked about this. I'm kind of referring to Twitter a couple times here, but uh, report from Jim Bowden, who works for CBS Sports. For those who, who do not know, he is a very credible uh, source. He's a good sports reporter in general. Has reported that the Mariners have officially checked in on free agent shortstop Trey Turner. Um, there is nothing more on this at the, at the current time. It is simply for the fact that there was a phone call. There was an exchange between the Mariners and Trey Turner's agent. Um, I do not know if they spoke to Trey Turner in person. The information is not really available to the public at this current time. But uh, it's just going to be good to see that the Mariners are indeed uh, checking in on every available option, which is what Jerry's been talking about. And I will get into Jerry's press conference here in the ins and outs in just a couple of minutes for you guys. Um, let's see here. I'm, I know I'm saying um, a couple of times. I apologize for that. Uh, the thing is also that I uh, tell you, I touched on this on Friday. The Mariners have expressed interest in Glaber Torres, uh, second baseman for the for the New York Yankees. He was the shortstop, but his defensive metrics continue to slide, which is why they put him to second base. Also, for the fact that they have a one of the best prospects in all of baseball right now, Anthony Volpe is going to be coming up soon as well. Who's a shortstop? Who's really really good, or he can be. Obviously, prospects are you know a crapshoot for better of a term. But what's interesting about Gla- Gla- Glaber Torres for a minute here? Is due nine million dollars this this coming year. Uh, it's a lot of money, not a, like a whole lot, but it's a pretty significant chunk. It's probably what you would pay if you want to go get Colt Wong. It'd probably be pretty similar. Um, obviously, there's probably gonna be another option, another name I'm tossing out to you guys is Jorge Polanco out of the Mid Minnesota Twins. I've liked him a lot. His swing is beautiful. Switch hitter, decent defense, right around the same age. I don't know what his money uh, comp would be similar to uh, Gleyber Torres, but that's just another name to toss out there that I've heard throughout the wings. And just kind of curious what you guys think. Would you rather guys have Colt Wong, Gleyber Torres, Jorge Polanco? So just kind of toss that out there in general. Um, a video has emerged this morning on Twitter of Matt Brash working on a new pitch, a cutter, which is awesome to see. If you guys want to watch that, please check out my Twitter handle, uh, PNW Professor. The PNW part is in caps. Uh, it's a pretty cool video. It kind of gives a breakdown on the grip they're working with, uh, the kind of uh, the movement on a on a based upon the clock. You know, twelve to three, twelve to six, three to three to eight. You know, it's that kind of stuff. So it's pretty cool. I saw that this morning. Just kind of want to give a shout out to that. Someone's just kind of looking for some off season kind of grinding film. It's pretty interesting to watch. It's about a minute or so. So. There's that. Uh, Friday night, 5 p.m. was the list of players who were tendered contracts. Tendered in the name that raised my eyebrows as for as for getting uh, tendered a contract. Players who were not tendered contracts were Luis Torrens, uh, catcher Brian O'Keefe, and pitcher Luke Weaver. Uh, Jerry expressed that they would like Luis Torrens back. He is a big part of the locker room, all that stuff. And I, I get it. You know, Luis Torrens had a really struggling part in the first half of the season. That's why they went and got Kirk Casale you know, at the trade deadline. And then Torrens picked it up at the second half of the year. Uh, had a couple big moments. Obviously, the walk-off hit against the Yankees was obviously big and a huge part of the season. But uh, Torrens was due about $1.3 million this year, which is why it's a little bit more money than they were wanting to spend because Tom Murphy, who is uh, anticipated and expected to be back this season for them, is due about $1.5 himself. And obviously, the value between Tom Murphy and Luis, Luis Torrens is fairly significant. And they just got Cooper Hummel, who can also play catcher. So... Though they would like him back. Jerry expressed that multiple times. He's a big part of their locker room and what they like to do there. So just want to toss it out there real quick. Brian O'Keefe was just a, essentially a 4A fringe AAA catcher. Nothing really big to write there. Never really got any opportunities in the, in the, at the big league level. Ran out of minor league options, so they had to let him go. And then Luke Weaver, who they picked up on waivers uh, a couple weeks ago or about a month or so ago it was um, on waivers. He was due $3.1 million, which is obviously way more money they're willing to spend on a project that is Luke Weaver. 
he's got good stuff. I like his overall pitching arsenal. Uh, the Mariners probably would like to get him back on like a minimum based waiver, kind of like what they did with uh, uh, Casey Sadler and Paul Seawald before they actually were able to make them ar- ar- uh, ARB eligible. Excuse me. The name that was tendered that raised my eyebrow was Justice Sheffield, just due to the fact that Justice Sheffield hasn't done a dang thing for this organization in two years. He's been pretty much useless uh, in his opportunities. Nothing against the man himself. It's just that he was the main trade piece as part of the James Paxton deal, and unfortunately, he hasn't been able to do anything. Just kind of curious as to what money he is owed. I'm still trying to find that mo- uh, that uh, information as I'm up here recording for you guys now. So hopefully in the next couple of days, I can get that information and I will toss that in as a side piece. Uh, a couple of highlights of Jerry's press conference that happened uh, this last week. Um, talked specifically a lot about Jared Kalanick, about how they appreciated his, uh, you know, his dedication, his commitment, his process. Was the, They talked about his process significantly during the press conference. Shannon Dreyer of Seattle Sports Station asked a couple of questions about what the offseason program is for, for J.K., what their expectations are of him. And they just said, look, they want him to continue with what he's been doing like he was at the end of the season. They saw a lot of growth uh, as well as his behavior on the field as well as off the field, being a better teammate, uh, being more engaged, being uh, more involved with uh, activities and stuff like that. So there were pictures, obviously, that came out that I touched on about him being out at Logan Gilbert's wedding with him and Cal Raleigh and Julio. That's what I want to see. I want to see him ingratiated with these guys and be a bigger part of this team. And uh, Jerry said multiple times as well that they're expecting a big jump out of JK this year. I think it's uh, wishful thinking, but I'm not Jerry. I'm not in his brain. Jerry's a smart dude. So I'll be curious what happens with that. They did touch on Taylor Trammell. They touched on Cade Marlowe, uh, Jesse Winker, Sam Haggerty, Dylan Moore, all all other options in the outfield. They still are saying they want to address another outfielder as another option uh, in case, you know, one of the guys gets hurt or something doesn't, you know, come out to, uh, you know, prosper as well as they thought it would. So I'll keep my ears open for you guys for that. So, and they just briefly, they said that there was pretty sad day in general to let go of Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis was the Jerry's first, first round draft pick. And when he came into the Mariners at a Mercer, they had a lot of hopes. He won rookie of the year. He had a lot of, uh, you know, steam behind him. He had a lot of momentum, you could say, about being a part of this organization. But unfortunately, Kyle Lewis just wasn't able to stay healthy. Um, he didn't really wasn't a part of their plans going forward. The relationship between the two has been strenuous. It's been reported by Shannon Dreyer, Ryan Divish, um, just everybody, Greg Bell. Everybody's been, been uh, uh, reporting, excuse me, if I can speak today, that the relationship between the two had just gotten sour. And at that point, it was time for Kyle Lewis to get greener pastures and new opportunity. And Arizona was a good place to do that. So. There is, uh, that's the Mariners section for you guys today. Pretty lengthy one in general, but there was a lot to get into. I'm going to do my NFL recap, and then we're going to touch on college football, and then we're going to end with Kraken today. Denver loses in overtime to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, good first half for Russell Wilson and company. However, they completely choked second half. Uh, kick The kick was blocked. Uh, went to overtime, and then Devontae Adams is doing Devontae Adams-like stuff. He put Patrick Sertan, who is by far undisputed one of the top five best cornerbacks in all of football, in a blender. And uh, it was uh, pretty sad to see. The press conference was not great. The bio language of head coach Nathaniel Hackett was not great. Um, be curious whether or not Russell was wearing the wristband. I'm going to leave that there, but... Once again, Denver loses. The draft pick for Seattle now sits at number five overall, and it continues to get sweeter as the season goes on. Vikings absolutely get destroyed by the by the, the Dallas Cowboys. Kirk Cousins got sacked seven times. They had no opportunities to do Jack Dilly squat in this game. It was a complete mess. Um, 
Gotta give props to Dallas' defense. Michael Parsons and company made life absolutely hell for, 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 for Kirk Cousins. Uh, Chiefs 30-27 to win over the LA Chargers. Travis Kelsey doing Travis Kelsey-like things. Three reception touchdowns, 115 yards in the air. Uh, Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs can continue to show, even without Tyreek Hill, they're going to get the damn job done. Bills over Browns 31-23, even with a absolutely absurd snowstorm that's been happening in the city of buffalo and the around the i think it's orchard park if i remember the correct uh section or the park or the part excuse me part of the city uh a couple things i'm a watcher though for fantasy owners like myself devin singletary and james cook who i dropped the james cook way late thinking he'd be something and he was nothing for the remainder or part of the year both had over 85 uh rushing yards in in that game yesterday uh, Josh Allen wasn't great. Uh, wasn't like Josh Allen's been kind of been off. I think it's definitely got something to do with that UCL injury that's been reported a couple of times. I don't know like what the implication is. I don't know what the timeline, what the injury uh, status is for Allen going into next week. But if they can maybe put Case Keenum in there for a game and let that have that uh, elbow heal up, probably be the best thing for them right now. Just do the fact if you ain't got Josh Allen and he's healthy, you are not winning a Super Bowl. That's a fact. Uh, Pats beat the Jets on a last-minute punt return for touchdown. There is a possible miss on the refs. I'm not. I didn't watch all of this game. I literally watched the last two minutes of it. Um, and it was just seemed like there was a possible legal block in the back. But these refs have such a hard job to do. I'm not going to rant on them today or anything. So, congrats to the Pats on pulling it out. Zach Wilson, like I touched on earlier, is just losing this locker room slowly. He failed to take account for the loss, which Sauce Gardner Johnson, uh posted on his uh ig or on his twitter that he liked a, re- a response saying that well at least josh allen took accountability for for, for, for the loss against the the, the, the uh, jets um i'm just gonna read the stats for zach wilson and uh, this is from richard sherman funny enough 9 of 22 through the air 77 yards no touchdowns no picks four sacks like he literally had less incompletions what was it? i think they had more penalties and they had completed passes that's just a recipe for disaster you're not ever going to win in that situation eagles sneak by the colts uh this last week by by one point jeff saturday dang it man you almost had back-to-back wins i would have loved to, to, to see it commanders 23 to 10 over the texans kyle fuller for a pick six uh taylor heineken continues to steer the ship in the positive direction for washington especially with him getting chase young back on the defensive line is a huge addition saints beat the rams 27 20 uh matt stafford sustained a concussion in this game glad to see that cam Akers had over 60 yards rushing on the ground which still isn't anything great but it's a lot better than what it's been for the course of the season um i'm not trying to say necessarily that the season is like all the way done for the LA Rams, but it's all, it's about all over, but the proverbial crying, um, offensive lines, a mess. Stafford's had an elbow issue. It's going back to like training camp and preseason, uh, OTAs. It's bad. Uh, Cooper cup on IR. This team's in shambles right now. They're not going to sign back Odell Beckham jr. There's no reason for it. This team's not going to make the, the, the uh, playoffs this year. And, uh, yeah, for Rams fans, that's a tough pill to swallow. So, to keep my eye on that. Cardinals versus 49ers tonight on Monday Night Football. Uh, 31 to 20. I'm predicting San Francisco over the Cardinals. Colt McCoy will start quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray done with that uh, hamstring injury that touched on and around the world today. UW, college football, real quick. 54 to 7. Absolute beatdown, smackdown, ass whooping over Colorado. Beat the brakes off off the poor Buffaloes. Did what you're expected to do though. Colorado is a poor poor over overall team. Uh, they have their recruiting is not great. It's pretty you know I'm not going to use more more colorful language. It's piss poor to say the least. Michael Penix 19 to 31 through the air, 229 touchdown, no picks. 
Uh, five rushing touchdowns. They really exposed the weakness for the Buffaloes in this game. Couldn't stop the run whatsoever. Uh, Taula Papa. I'm trying to get better with saying that name. Uh, 113 yards, two touchdowns. And a quick note on him for his season. He's had a pretty sneaky, quiet season. It's because of the fact they've been pretty ha- pass-heavy for, for the UW this year. 113 carries on, on the season. 653 yards, nine touchdowns. 5.8 average is pretty good. He is in his season in his senior year, so this is a pretty big see, uh, pretty big part of the year for this for, for this young man, and uh, building his draft status and draft stock for the upcoming NFL draft. McMillan, uh, wide receiver, uh, eight receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Continues to show scouts that he is ready for the next level. Dude's really crispy. Reminds me a lot of Tyler Lockett. Just really savvy, really smart with with the football in his hands, and makes good uh, good decisions. Uh, before the ball is inside the air and puts himself in a good position to make and haul in those catches. Wazoo, 31-20 to win over the University of Arizona. Uh, they go down to Arizona and beat down the uh, Arizona Wildcats. Ex-Wazoo quarterback Jaden Delora saying, quote, during this week that this game was personal. Well, it was personal because they kicked the crap out of you, Jaden. You look terrible. Four picks, pick six. It was bad. I don't care if you throw for 356 yards and a touchdown. You have four picks and two sacks. You're never winning a game. Ever. Not possible. Cam Ward uh, for Wazoo, 193 yards through the air, a touchdown, as well as added 59 yards on the ground and a touchdown as well. So nice little game, about 270 total yards for for Cam Ward in this game. But the rushing attack in this game was definitely the big difference in this as well. So the running game between both teams, between University of Washington and Wazoo, definitely was utilized this week. 161 on the ground versus Arizona. Uh, cracking a couple quick things. I'm just going to touch on Shane Wright, first-round draft pick. Uh, Shane Wright was selected to the AHL, which is the NHL's version of AAA in Major League Baseball. Due to the minimal playing time, he can be down there for two weeks. Uh, reports are that his skills just aren't really ready for NHL action. They did defeat the LA Kings 33-2 uh, yesterday to move to 10-5-3 record on the season. Goals by Jordan Eberle. Uh, James uh, Jordan James McCann and Daniel Sprong assist by Matty Beneers who had two and Jordan Eberle who had an assist as well. That is going to be a jam-packed Monday episode. Uh, if you guys enjoy the podcast, again, please subscribe, leave a rating. Uh, if you guys have something you guys want me to talk about, Fan Fiction Fridays for the MLB Mariners Hot Stove, please let me uh, let me know on Twitter. Capital P N W Professor Professor is not in caps. Uh, apologies for the confusion on that. Please let me know, or you can reach out to me on IG. Uh, that's just my full name on, in, uh, in lowercase caps. So hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your Monday, and uh, we'll see what happens here with the hot stove. If I get any updates or any breaking news, obviously, for the Mariners, I'll get a breaking and emergency pot up for you guys as always. Hope you guys have a fantastic Monday, and I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Peace.